guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 107 it's so nice to have you here thank you thank you so much for the feedback from last week guys please keep any feedback coming mummyjojoblog at gmail.com i'll take any topic requests um yep no topic is off limits as you will know um and yep just whatever you need this will be a positive space for us all and sending you so many good vibes um it's great to have you back and just encouraging you to be kind to yourself this month if you're tuning in um fairly early on in december you know don't go getting yourself into debt drop the pressure a little bit um and do more of the stuff that makes you go ah I am Christmas mad, so obviously I've got like a, a fake tree and a real one. Going all about the lights and the candles and the snuggliness and the gingerbread scents and the kind of, oh, I'm just all over it, guys. Um, shortly going out a walk to see the lights, so that'll be nice. Just do things that bring you joy and, yeah, be kind to yourself. So this week I have the amazing Susanna Lang on and um, I'll put all her channels well our main one is Instagram on the sh- in the show notes and on the blog I will shortly be sharing her um, TEDx talk that will be going live soon along with my own yeah Susanna and I um, shared a stage a slightly different type of stage with 220 um, doing the, the event remotely um, but wow what a day full of inspiration and Susanna spoke about her battle with bulimia she spoke about life as a professional golfer and a hockey player and as an actor and all sorts of stuff she's she's had a very interesting life so far but also challenging life and she speaks so openly about battles with food and addiction and um toxic thoughts that we all can experience to different degrees and I just love her honesty I I think there's a lot of power in this conversation and I really encourage you to share it with anyone that's struggling with critical thoughts um, with addiction with um, any kind of issues around food be that bulimia be that emotional eating be that toxic dieting you know please um, share this and yeah just really encourage Susanna speaks so openly and I just love it we also speak about sexuality we cover so much so stay tuned till the end and Ov's her song choice at the end oh my goodness it's amazing I'm on the edge the edge the edge the edge I was singing on stories I just oh you know you get these songs for a mojo injection um so yeah let's get Susanna in and um she's a ninja she's a beautiful person and i'm just honored to share this conversation with you so let's do the magic you take from it what you need as the golden nuggets as we say in this episode we all need different things at different times in our life but let's keep building her up building each other up sharing supporting all the good vibes and love to you guys nice top by the way well thank you let's try yeah, i really like that got this top when i was manic i was making great decisions um just a medical label uh susie welcome hi it's a time for a mojo injection <laughs> i am really excited to be here oh it's so nice to have you here and a massive congrats you're a tedx speaker you're inspiring the world with your story so 
<laughs> nailed it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. I don't think, I don't know about you, but 2020, I didn't see having me do a TEDx talk, but it's, yeah, it was, it was a great experience actually. Yeah, it's like, I think it's a great year to do one, especially mm -hmm. towards the end of it, because it's such a big challenge and such an exciting thing to be involved with. So after any challenges of the year, it's actually like, oh, this is really like, boom. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It was really good because in, in a way as well, even if we didn't do the talk, the process of thinking about what you would talk about and seeing your journey and where you've come through was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't know about you, but when you were asked, did they say, what would you like to speak about? Or was it quite open? Because for me, it was like, would you, because I coached some of the speakers last year. Right. I was really dead, you know, the live event. I was desperate to get up with them. I was mm. like, oh, but they would they were full with the speakers and they said, oh, we'll get in touch when we do it again. And then I was like, oh, you're doing it in 2.20. Oh, yes, right, that'll be great. Slightly different format, but it was, my first thought was, right, okay, if I'd have done it last year, my story would be completely different. Like for you, was it straight away, this is what I want to talk about or? Yeah, I was, so I was contacted, I was recommended by someone and I was contacted basically to talk about um so initially uh, because i was a professional athlete it was to initially talk about my experience of being fearless in that mm -hmm. and and um and also my sexuality actually so and i i was like i didn't know how those two would kind of merge because my whole life is just kind of <laughs> i'm doing this with my hands and you can't you can't see um it's just all yeah, it's just all kind of, I, I don't even know how to explain it. And so I actually got quite fearful because I thought, oh, I, I, I don't know how I would do that. So I said no. <laughs> and also that self-sabotage is like, who wants to come and listen to you? And I was like, you know, that whole thing that we probably all experienced. And then I was like, no, just think about it. Think about what you could talk about. And so I said, actually, I could talk about, because then when I spoke more to Maureen, I was talking about my recovery of bulimia. And it wasn't just, like, my recovery from bulimia wasn't just, like, giving up being sick. It's actually been intertwined through my whole life, and it's developed. It developed into taking over my life. But it's, it's the shame that's come with it of who I am. And it all seeps into doing something I didn't want to do, professional athlete, you know, um, my sexuality. I never knew, even probably up until recently, that, oh my gosh, this is all together. This is all, all together. And so, um, yeah, so I, I came back to Maureen and I, um, I said I'd had to think about it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I said, give me till tomorrow lunchtime. The reason I said that, I, don't, I wasn't going to say this, but I had a tarot card reading. I loved doing tarot cards. And I was like, let me just do this. And um, my friend's amazing, Lou. And I'd met her through the beginning of the year, um, through lockdown, I should say. And a lot of my readings are about embracing who I am. And a lot of things have just aligned. And she's, you know, it just came through. It was like, just 
just do it. And so I was just like, yeah, I need to be fearless here. I need to do this actually. Um, because it's not about me actually. And if I can help anyone, that's what I started to say. This isn't about you. What can you do to help? So that's a long answer. So I, I was it. kind of given, can you talk about this? And it all kind of went that way. So the initial resistance when you said no, what, what was going on in your mind at that point then? Yeah, okay. Um, fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. Um, not at talking about my bulimia, I'm, but just... I think it goes right down when you dig, when I always do layers, whenever I say no to something or I get a bit fearful, it's just that, again, that horrible self-talk that says, who are you? I feel unvalued. It was all the things I used to be bulimic over, mm-hmm. you know, was all coming up. I was like, I felt like I needed to have the CV that was incredible for someone to want to listen to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when I realized the most amazing people in my life that inspire me aren't those with that CV. Yeah. You know, the CV of life experience, right? Yeah. Um, so I really, I spoke to quite a few friends. I spoke about it. I journaled a lot. I just investigated what my fear was in that kind of way. And I was just, yeah. When I made it not about myself and made it about, you know, about, um, like I said to you earlier, you know, we can get fully recovered. And I think a lot of times people think they can't and they, ha- they live with certain limitations. And I just wanted to share as much of my story as I could to mm-hmm. say, yeah, it's the least I can do if I've got it, if I, you know, and I'm still working on it every day. It's hard, but I choose that hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I spoke to someone a while back and they said, um, oh, I've struggled with eating disorders. That's the way they, they um, sort of labeled it and uh, all my life. And it's probably always going to be that way. I mean, would you agree with that? Or do, would you say you can feel that, that freedom? I can feel that freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is different are the warning signs. Um, so like if I get really stressed, you know, I still get that automatic thing that's like lose weight. You need to lose weight. Okay. And I go, yeah, because that's going to help. You know, I can, I can feel that, but I, I recognize it. Um, but that's just equally, that's a habit, I think, an internal habit that because for so long, for most of my life, I had an eating issue to cope with anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but no, I, I fully think you can get full recovery. I haven't dieted or thrown up or thought about throwing up. In, in seven years, you know, um, I, I would say my recovery work started before that, mm-hmm. but my feeling of full recovery and freedom has definitely been in the seven years. But I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. My industry is incredibly challenging. Like as an actor, I the, the whole thing with the camera adds 10 pounds, you know, you know, that joke in Friends. <laughs> He's like, whoa, is that Monica? And she's, like, she's like, yeah, how many cameras are actually on you? You know, <laughs> it's that real actual feeling though of, yeah. So I think, you know, I battle against that. And I've definitely been celebrated in my life for being thinner. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't mean I've been well or happy. Yeah. So, yeah. There's times in my life I've been the most stressed. (laughs) Um, But it's funny what you say about, like, when it comes to eating, like, there's so many layers to it, right? So you've got people that are, yeah, they're throwing up food, but there's people that are, you know, restricting, and it's like always on a diet that never works, always this, you're not good enough, you need to you need to starve yourself or you need to you know and all these different thoughts it's just like Mm -hmm. the layers are crazy I mean I mean other things like I used to do when I wasn't being bulimic or to take breaks was I chew my food and spit it out Mm. you know and when I started talking about that I found that a lot of people like in recovery when I actually used to do that yeah and it was a really interesting thing I mean I had periods of my life when I thought I was recovered from bulimia, but it was just dormant to other things. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was very athletic, like, and competing, I wasn't throwing up, mm-hmm. but I was eating a lot, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize all of that, you know? Um, and then when I, every time I tried to get recovery, I mean, I was at Weight Watchers or like, it was crazy. So I wasn't doing the work. I was still constantly battling you know, my weight in some way that begging that I would become worthy. Yeah. But you can't get that thin. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's never, you know. You, yeah. spoke, you spoke quite powerfully in your talk about the, the statement um, from someone. Like, would you say that was a trigger? Like words, like people can say things and obviously the media and society and all the pressures, but would you put it down to like that one comment or would you like? Mm. No, I think, I think that was, I said that and highlighted it because I think it's really important as, as well, if you were a coach or a teacher to show that once again, you focused on something that doesn't matter mm-hmm. because what didn't matter was I was one of the fastest runners. Mm-hmm. So why does it matter? you know, that I didn't look like a marathon runner. I mean, look at sprinters and marathon runners, very different physiques, uh-huh. you know? And I remember just thinking, um, I mean, I still feel quite devastated. I loved hockey and it, just thinking, why weren't we out in the pitch focusing on that kind of stuff or giving me tools? Why was it, so just watch your weight. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. How helpful is that? What will someone do if they watch their weight? All their focus goes there. Yeah, watch your weight. You know, I've had people say that to me over the mm-hmm. years. A guy I dated once or, uh, you know, just people that you wouldn't expect. And you're like, what? Like, just, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really dangerous. And actually, uh, and so when I started, so in my talk, obviously, I talk about the, the first time I used food when, when I was 10. I mean, we'd had a traumatic family event happen. Mm-hmm. So what had happened in that instance was I obviously started to shut down emotionally. Mm-hmm. And the easiest thing, I think maybe, and I'm not saying not for men because obviously men have eating disorders too, but I can only talk for women being a woman and other women I've spoken to mm-hmm. in that way was that it, it's what I focused on. And even today in the society, we still see our focus goes there because that's going to help it all. Mm-hmm. So like my dance teacher didn't do anything, you know, she did nothing wrong. 
um, telling me to take my t-shirt off because absolutely you take your t-shirt off, you're in your leotard. Mm -hmm. It was what was going on for me. And that was the start. Um, it was the only thing I couldn't control as well. Yeah. I wasn't naturally, I don't know. I don't even know what my natural weight, maybe now is my natural weight. I don't even know. It will probably change, you know? Um, but yeah, what for me though, was that was the, a real trigger. Mm -hmm. yeah. and then bulimia literally I was on a tour to Ireland hockey tour and I get really seasick and uh, I went to the bathroom and I threw up and I was like in that moment I went I actually think I just kind of made myself throw up and then I just did it that whole weekend and it was almost like but I openly did it so it was just like Susie sick mm -hmm. a bit unwell and then it just it just kind of went from there and then became hidden. Yeah. And I mean, you feel like you've got a sense of control, I guess, right? When I'm doing it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it takes over you. It was like, you go through different phrases, definitely. I would say, well, I can only speak for me, but yeah, uh, maybe there was times it was arrogant that I was managing to control my, my weight and no one knew. Mm -hmm. And then at other times, even though I had that, um, it was the shame. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you actually think of someone making themselves sick, like it's disgusting. It's also how much I hated myself. The physical act of just, um, just hating myself. And I think it was just really, I've kept a journal since I was about 10 and it's, it's just, it's eye-opening just reading it sometimes, not always in it, but I really, really suffered mental depression, I'd say, or a feeling of not being good enough from about the age of 14, you know, even before that. But I would write things that I look at and I go, outward I was being, I was such a high achiever. And I think I wanted to be so successful to get that attention. But I didn't know what that attention was I needed because it wasn't filling it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, yeah, yeah, definitely. When I look back, I go, I just, I just didn't know how to process emotions fully. Yeah, you just want to give that teenager a big hug. Oh my God. Do you know that? Like, the only time I felt alive was maybe when I was like playing the piano or on stage or on a pitch. Um, but when it was like, even when I was presented with just me. Yeah. Just. In terms of your passion, like, cause you can obviously have lots of passions, but mm. out of all of it, like the hockey and the acting and stuff, like what, what one, is there one that's like, oh, that's my like first favorite thing? Or would you say being acting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, acting definitely, I want to be an actor from, the age of five or six actually I want to be a tap dancer mm -hmm. so tap tap was my favorite but um definitely acting um but that actually moved to just creating I think because I loved the piano or I loved singing and all that just using that way I realized is how I express myself yeah, yeah. another another characters like I really enjoyed it I felt a sense of freedom. I feel fulfilled in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
would you take the characters on like quite would you feel like they would become part of you in your, mm. your home and... <laughs> yeah and I think see that's the thing I loved about acting was the anonymity mm-hmm. was no one knew that I was putting myself into a character yeah so I could be as cheeky or as wild or as sensitive and I could really put all those emotions into a character which some of the time were mine I mean not fully and yeah it wasn't like here's Susanna on the stage it was this character I just loved it and and learning about people and their character like just you know all of that yeah yeah such a buzz from it oh my gosh I mean it's crazy actually because it almost was the same buzz in giving the TED talk because you do the process you know you really the preparation work and then you go and do it and you're like yes no like actually I don't know about you I was almost in tears before the TED talk went up because I was so nervous it was a crazy kind of feeling and whenever I go on stage like it's like don't talk to me don't talk to me and I don't remember my line and then I go on stage and I'm like I'm here (laughs) then I come off and it's like am I good enough it's that whole it's horrible isn't it yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's what I choose for a career oh but it's so like rewarding like oh absolutely like and and I guess the TED it is a performance you're in even though it's you you're you're showing do you know what I mean you're yeah showing up fully to to get people to engage with your story and you did that so well um it was nice to to be me do you know that yeah it was really that even just saying that there to just say here's my story I couldn't, I coun't critique it. I couldn't argue with it. I just said, here's, here it is. Yeah. You must've felt the same, right? Just, just like, here it is. Wizzy wig. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah. But that was kind of, you know, my, my I don't know what, I mean, dad nicknamed me that, but I don't know. Cause I loved acting drama and I was, I was getting really good grades and was going to go to the, with my acting and was going to go to drama school, but it was a teacher oh. that said to me, so competitive you know you're really good at business go and do that and then what I'm talking about what is that yeah it's like they didn't hear you yeah it's it's not you know it's not a career that you should chase and it's and it was funny because everyone was so surprised when I didn't go and occasionally I'll think because you know I do speaking now and I've, I've done a wee bit of acting through the blog and like done some ads and stuff so it's still coming back, but you know, you sometimes wonder, oh, if I'd gone to the actual drama school, you know, you sort of drama what school, you can do it now. Your experience is incredible. Your talk, that is what you've experienced in your life, even what you're doing is so I mean, even when I was at drama school, so when I went to drama school, they said they seldom, there was only a couple of people that were 18. Most of us were like early twenties or, you know, in our twenties or whatever. But um they said uh, they really they really encourage life experience. I mean, you know, um, and that's not to say you can't be phenomenal child actor. I'm not saying any of that, but I think also there's a lot to say about experiencing life and then you know taking characters. So get back in there. Yeah, yeah. Get back in, you know. Definitely. Well, when I was manic, it was actually, it was the thing was everything was coming at once. It was like right, there was this acting part I was speaking about, but there was also mm-hmm. far too many other things on the go because when you're in that right. frame of mind, okay. waking in the night, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that, 
rather than say, right, let's look at the script, let's talk about the script, and we'll just focus on that just now. It was like every single thing. So it's scary the way the mind can speed up. I don't know, like when you were going through, you know, your sort of hardest time and you're really in sort of that, that mode of just punishing yourself, mm. you see that your mind was going like at speed? Was it faster or was there, hmm. how did it feel to you? I was so disassociated. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt, I mean, I could look like I was present for someone and I am in my head, I've calculated where I'm going for my next binge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this all you can eat sushi. Okay, I'll go there for an hour and then I've got that work to do. Okay, I'll do that. And then I've got, if I had an addition or something, I would plan the binges and purges around that. So whatever I was doing at that moment, I could be at a coffee shop with friends. That was how my head was calculating. Or my friends would send me an email or not an email, a text, be like, you go out for dinner. And I'm like, that restaurant, where's the toilet? Okay, that toilet's there and I could do that. And then if I need to get away, I can go and do that. And then I could come back and join them. I could lie about that. So even how I'm talking now, I would agree. My head was yeah. crazy, totally calculating and out of my control. Was there anyone you didn't feel that sort of knew or was suspicious? Was there anyone that had no idea? Yeah, like they were just... Or so, or so, sorry, anyone that uh, had an idea, like was on to you sort of thing? Yeah, a couple, a few of my friends early on, one friend in particular said, I know your secret. Oh, really? Oh, those mm-hmm. words must have been like, what? Yeah. And that was maybe when I was at one of my... That I, when I say I say thinnest because bulimia doesn't mean you're thin yeah and that's another thing that always scares me because people didn't maybe believe the extent of my eating disorder because I started to gain weight I go through periods and be bigger because um I mean so many people die of heart I mean it's just why I'm so lucky I I, I really just really you know the, you'll have heart attacks I mean I was on drips for potassium because my potassium was so low just going in like you would for a hour or two at the hospital the weekend and then back mm-hmm. you know so I don't think anyone knew the extent of it mm-hmm. I think it then just became a bit obvious mm-hmm. because at one stage at my worst I said to someone that came over to look after me and you know I just said I'm going to binge on this and then I'm going to throw up so if you want to be in my company that's what I'm going to do. Can you imagine hearing that? Like, I just think, God, so ill. But that was the ultimatum I gave someone, you know, and I've got to be honest with myself as a person that did that, you know, um, it wasn't nice, but that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess at that point, you're like, I've nothing to hide then. You were just, it take, taking over you, I guess, so much. That yeah. This is, this is what's happening. Yeah, totally. I was shooting, it was just even, I think about it, I was shooting a short film and one of the scenes, she dyes her hair in the bathroom. And I remember, I don't even, I can't even properly remember. And I'd managed to make them think, I was like, that I need to have a shower to wash my hair so that during lunchtime, I could be bulimic and turn the shower on. Mm. And they'd rented it. Like, I just, all this stuff, I go, (sighs) yeah, yeah. I just think back to things like that. 
It's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it, what we do? It must have been exhausting because you're like acting, but you've also got this full performance of your own life mm. that kind of, you know, keep people, keep yourself yeah. safe. I think my work definitely got less. I mean, it was a year, I would say, that I was really bad. And basically, I was just victim to it. Mm -hmm. And that was basically when I did say to my mum, it was weird because I got out of the headspace. It's just very strange, like of wanting to not be here or having tried. Mm -hmm. And now I was doing it with my bulimia, mm -hmm. just waiting. And that's when I just said to my mum, I don't know what else to do. I'm actually going to die. Mm -hmm. And then she found me an amazing therapist. And bearing in mind, this was therapist number eight. So right. I didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people as well, I had this conversation with a friend. And I think people have really bad. And I had, I had a horrendous, horrendous therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, when I think about it, you know, one of them. But I am... Um, I think people, you know, it's like anything. There, there is another way. You just got to keep going. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so many different people out there that will work for you and not work for you. Um, and so when I found Joanna, my mom found Joanna, who is amazing. She's got a fantastic book, which a fantastic book, which I recommend to everyone, regardless if they've got any issue or chronic dieter, that she really taught me about um trust and honesty and it was a therapy I'd never had. I'd mm. had fairy tales read to me in a therapy session. She mm. started to tap into things that it wasn't just that, but what I mean was it was um I remember having that and now actually I just bought a fairy tale book the other day. Uh, and I was like, these are incredible, you know, but just really taking me back to even when I was about 10, that mm -hmm. I didn't learn. There was just such emotional immaturity, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And she, um, and then she introduced me to the 12 step program as well to give me relief from throwing up so that we could do the work that was necessary in some way it would seep in the cracks. And gradually my throwing up got less and less life started and that was then I, I started applying for my drama school that I wanted to go to and stuff like that my life got bigger what was her book called healing your hungry heart oh I love it because there'll be lots of people tuning in that are just you know emotional eaters as we all are <laughs> or can be uh, and then people that know people going through it people going you know there'll be all sorts of people listening so I always think it's great when you because it's it's interesting what you said that some therapists do get it wrong and it might mm. just be that you know I, it partly made my situation much worse when I was manic because I think one of the therapists I went to was manic herself and she got it so wrong and she blamed it all on my husband and basically oh, gosh, was saying that I was like a victim and I was like no he's actually a nice guy like we've we've not been getting on great the past couple of months but he's not like a really bad person she was like no 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 this is this and I and she she didn't see that I was mentally that I had an illness that I was in mm -hmm. manic 
or that I was just off on an episode. She just thought I was stressed or whatever and she didn't spot it and it was the mental health nurse that spotted it said no 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 this isn't no no it's, this isn't what you think it is she's mm -hmm. having a full blown so sometimes therapists can get it wrong or or they can give you because the they're human thing. aren't they yeah, seem yeah. to put them up there uh -huh. and they're it's like anything we do we're trained in different things aren't we but it doesn't um no, I, I totally, like I always thought therapists are up there and it's just finding the ones that will help you. Yeah, and people will have unconscious bias. So perhaps maybe she was a man hater and maybe she'd been right. like that and it reminded her of things and then she put two and two together and got 15, you know, it was just... So for you, you'd had, did you say eight therapists before Joanne? Mm -hmm. I'd had eight therapists. I'd visited. They weren't all like for a long time, but... Um, yeah i mean i think at uni we had you were allowed a couple of sessions with one but joanna was definitely number she number eight yeah i think she was i mean i think i'm including maybe yeah no i think and did your mom know that you'd seen um the therapist before joanna so my mom took me when i was 15 to the priory mm -hmm. um just to get evaluated and I was told I had anorexia nervosa, which actually I don't think I did have. Um, I, I think it was actually bulimic. Did you speak to your mum about it then or was she just suspicious? No, she just saw. She, it was actually devastating because she called the helpline and they said I wasn't a light enough weight. Oh, for goodness sake. You know, so what do you do? And then she's told here to come in to... Uh, I saw a psychiatrist, obviously, to take me in, diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. Um, and, you know, maybe recommended me to go in there for a couple of months. I didn't. Um, and I actually then wasn't bulimic for like a year after that. Um, but I didn't know it was lying dormant. It's just eating disorders are so complicated because some people, I think, can have them and then they just go. They grow out of them. Mm -hmm. you know like self-harm I used to cut myself you know things like that but for me I didn't go further down that because it was too visible yeah. and it wasn't the bulimia was a hidden thing that I could inflict so much pain on myself and no one knew or see yeah. do you know what I mean it was a very so I think a couple of them and it's also hard to go to therapy when you're completely throwing up in an addiction because how much do you take in yeah yeah that's that's the thing it's you, you've got to sort of be i remember in hospital and i was like why are they getting a psychologist i want one i want one yeah. <laughs> they're like because you're off your face like you need to <laughs> out and get grounded again and i was like oh you're tricking me you know um because you know they wouldn't have been now i see oh right okay i wasn't well enough yeah um sometimes you aren't well enough for you know that was why i launched this podcast because it's almost like free therapy for people right and it's normalizing mm -hmm. therapy right it's normalizing mm -hmm. discussions around your mind right people think oh right okay maybe maybe it's not that maybe I could do that um and it's saying to people don't let it get to the stage where you're so unwell that you're you know you're almost past therapy you know mm -hmm. and that's sort of yeah it's it is that you can you couldn't yeah I mean, 
I just, I remember one therapist, I wanted to, but I just couldn't stop throwing up. Mm. I mean, I, I couldn't stop it. I'd had like experiences happen. I had a really traumatic event happen in my life and um, I just couldn't cope with it. And yeah. then my bulimia came back full whack. And then when, the, this crazy thing is when you're in the cycle because then I'm completely disassociated. And then when I'm in addiction, other traumatic things happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming myself fully, but if I wasn't bulimic and I had awareness, I wouldn't have been in those situations. Mm-hmm. So then they start to all build up and then you're more bulimic, you're more or whatever your addiction is because you're just constantly blocking out mm-hmm. without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And then you can't just take, so in a way, like my bulimia saved me in many ways. You can't just take that away and then be dealt with this emotional, you know, you, you have to find a way to, to take your coping skills, which aren't healthy, slowly away while you're replacing them gradually with healthy ones. So then they become balanced. You know, I think it's like going on a diet, isn't it? When people say they go on a diet for 30 days or, or it's not that I'm against sober October, Mm-hmm. but it's that massive and then they'll go on a bender the next month and I think what did you gain cycle yeah <laughs> I don't know it's just a hard I don't like I've got you know I have friends that do it so it's not I've never I have no judgment at all because I've just like told you my story you know like we all experience things it's just really being curious about it all isn't it yeah yeah totally curious totally open-minded I mean mm-hmm. for you it's really encouraging to hear that you got to the point that things were so bad but you said earlier that you feel a sense of freedom now. Like you feel mm. like you're, you're not carrying these labels of I'm always going to have this. Like you actually feel like you've come out of it. So would you say that's that sort of process started with Joanna and you saying to your mum, mm-hmm. absolutely, is, this is just sort of desperate now. I'm, you know, I need to mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. I, it was my last chance. I mean, I think a bit in my head was, I'm going to give this everything mm-hmm. and prove to you it doesn't work. And then I'm going to go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was my head, honestly. And I'm not, you know, I, I remember, I remember Joanna saying just 30 days, why don't you try it? And then you can go back to everything you're doing. Right. But you know, and then working a kind of 12 step program as well, which meant going into rooms and hearing other people, which is so important. This is why what you're doing is incredible because someone might not relate to the same degree of my addiction or my eating disorder, but that it's that chronic thing in your mind that takes that space and stops you doing whatever it is you want to do. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, and then, so hearing other people talk about it and then seeing that they get recovery and knowing that now I can sit down, for example, and play the piano for an hour and I'm not thinking about my weight or what I'm going to do I can create something or whatever I want to do or that piano is just for me because it it does something I'm just giving that example but it it, it's creating that space and filling it with something that means you know yeah Um, you're taking away because I guess bulimia you could call food addiction when you speak about addiction right mm, absolutely yeah I mean form of food addiction using yeah yeah so I mean, you, I have the freedom for that, but I'm still very aware, you know, like lockdown hit. I was like, right, Amazon. <laughs> you know, I was like, I need a full gym in here, you know, and I didn't do it. But it's being, it's having that humor as well of going, 
I'm human. Like it's not, but just being aware. Do you know what I'm talking about it? So. Yeah. yeah. Like the ability to have a sense of humor and like, like laugh about things like we laugh about me going on like benders, like shopping, like when I was married, like shopping benders and like going to buy, try to buy a million pound property. And then it's like, oh, it's just going to happen. It'll be fine. You know, do it tomorrow. And we sort of joke about it. Um, but <laughs> it's because, you know, it's, it's good in a way, you know, just to sort of try and see it. Yeah. From perspective, you it, know? it just makes it more normalized because I think it is normal to talk maybe not some of the things we're talking about but you know but for a lot of people there is and it's I sometimes think whenever I'm in a recovery meeting or something the laughs we have the proper laughs Mm -hmm. and I mean just because you start to see sometimes maybe the ridiculousness of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and not dismissing it because it's very real obviously Mm -hmm. but um I mean, like, I have that joke, like, I remember um, an ex of mine would talk about the fridge talking to her. She'd be like, she'd be sitting there on the couch watching TV and the fridge would be like, hey. She'd be like, what? She'd be like, why don't you come over here? And she said she'd like, she'd argue with it and be like, nah, it's too dark. And it's like, but if you open me up, I've got a light. (laughs) <laughs> you know she's like look i just want to watch tv i don't want any of your ice cream your cakes leave uh-huh. me alone and it's yeah. like you know you want it so it's like and it's you know it's that kind of humor or the humor in looking at two roads mm-hmm. and seeing one that is full of roses and flowers and you go this is brilliant and then you see the other road and it's dark and there's potholes and you stand there and you go Hmm. don't know what one to take Uh you know that whole so those are I mean I remember just yeah those are things that I just go so when you talk about it and you hear so those were nice stories but I always just remember going that's it yeah you know it's it's as crazy and as funny and serious as that isn't it do you want to walk on the roses you decided you were going to take the the, yeah, the path. I did, but you know, it's still hard. You know, both are hard. Mm-hmm. It's choosing your hard. It's. I think I had to have that. I, I had a really good friend who's been through most of it with me. Mm-hmm. Saw me in hospital and um, way way back when I was like nineteen, and um, she sat me down, and I was in early recovery, and I remember crying at the table, and she, she gave me a really hard talk and life's not easy you don't just get recovery and it's going to be amazing mm-hmm. what you have to put in work mm-hmm. um and I remember just crying and still one of my best friends today because she gives me you know but it was one of the most important things as well because it is amazing life yeah. and it's also really tragic yeah yeah but you can experience both rather than neither it's not you know and I think that was a massive thing I wouldn't change it yeah and that's powerful for people to hear you know really powerful that you wouldn't change it life can be amazing and then it's awful Mm -hmm. and it's a bit you know it can be a bit flat sometimes and then it's amazing and it's yeah and then it's you know we go on this journey of just the pathway and the bumps and stuff but to have come over a storm like that 
and to be in a place where you do feel a sense of freedom, which is one of the highest values, right? You know, you've mm -hmm. got a vibrational scale and you've got freedom, love, joy, peace. But to be human, we need to experience the, the anger, the sadness, the rage, the guilt, the shame that are all at the bottom. Mm -hmm. but once you've really, really gone there and then you've got, there's, and it's hope for people that there's so many amazing tools. You know, you speak about the 12 step. Mm -hmm. That people might not know about things like this. Yeah, and it's it doesn't mean that you have to use these things for life. It's it's they serve a purpose at the time, and if it it can help you in any way, you know, it's it's again, recovery A isn't linear. But what I've realised is there's no right way. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't, I can't, I can't judge anyone's. I can't, I try not to judge my own because if I then get stumped. I then go, okay, so that one, that way doesn't work for me, but there is another way. Um, but yeah, it can, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but it's an, an interesting journey, but I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't, I wouldn't choose the other way of staying in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I have heard people say I've tried everything and I, I really, I don't think anyone ever has. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's having a real honest conversation with yourself because I think as well there's a period in my time I didn't want help. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay exactly where I was, and it was just being honest with that. Mm -hmm. I just want to stay. I want to stay stuck. Yeah, and why do you think that was? Tired, victim mode a bit. Um, I just didn't want to put the hard work in. Mm -hmm. But that was because I also didn't know what the hard work entailed. As in, I didn't realize how much better it would be. You know, there, there's things I do. Just, just before this, I went for a walk. And even just doing that walk, I thought there's things that I didn't realize that were so hard at first mm -hmm. to go for a walk. I mean, in my early days of recovery, I couldn't do any exercise at all. I was in bed at seven, like flu-like symptoms going through so much and trying to walk 10 minutes of exercise was crazy, which was really hard having been an athlete and stuff. Wow. But these are things that I do today kind of automatically because I've, I've had to consciously practice it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think about it. Uh -huh. um, and I don't mean that in any way there's, you know, but it's just being, yeah. But I think sometimes we, we we're afraid. Do you not think so? Like, there's things that have come up in my life even today, like different things that I know I need to change. And I'm afraid to, because maybe I'm used to that feeling. Yeah, we're creatures of habit in a way, right? aren't we? We find our little routines and our little things mm -hmm. <laughs> that we feel keep us safe. And maybe going out, venturing out can seem quite hmm, intimidating. But yeah, you know, I, I like the expression, what is it? get comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, mm -hmm. pushing yourself to, to do stuff. Like for me, like going out for a wild swim, you know, I love getting out and going in the cold water. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but you know, I just- I need to, I still need to go and do that. I've had friends invite me. You've just, you're like, I'm going, oh, I do want to do it. It's so amazing for the mind and the body. It's just the buzz and the, the calmness. And I think when you're out in nature, because, you know, you could run a cold bath, but for me, that's not the same. It's like, right. 
boat walking in to a reservoir or to the sea and just feeling the cold water and um, a mantra from a recent podcast where we did a live wild swim and we said cold water snaps you out of the madness and you feel alive because it takes you out of your head your race and mind and you just feel that deeper sense of peace and clarity and calm you know it's just the power of nature you know I just felt that yeah nature yeah. is incredible you're, you're, you've actually sold that to me I was looking at that <laughs> I, was, uh, I have a background in sales as well. I've tried a few. I'll do you, of course, of course. <laughs> although I don't, uh, but then labels, you think of salespeople and you're like, if you're passionate and you believe in something, you know, then wild swimming, I could sell quite easily and it's free. <laughs> I know, but that's, it's different, like that kind of thing. No, totally. It's like, I say that about dancing as well. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of times I've just put on, and I, I dance a lot. And I don't mean I dance to be like, hey, look at my choreography, you know. <laughs> or I literally dance whatever. I think I had Brave by Sarah Bareilles was my lockdown one. And now it's Edge of Glory, Lady Gaga. Oh, amazing. Honestly, if you just put it on and you sit there and you're in a foul mood and you just sit there and you listen to this, there is no way you cannot get up and start, start bouncing to that. Edge of Glory. Yeah. I'm going to honestly. Be, I always ask people at the, the very end what's their song. So that would be your one for the moment. Yeah, right now, that's, I always, I even start my workout with it just to get me into. Um, but yeah, I definitely, no, I hear you with nature and everything, nature. Lockdowns really helped me get in touch with my walking and nature. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. There are no there's islands many. in nature. Mm, no no healing right yeah just, yeah it's but yeah there's just there's just so many things and then I think like like I said so I consider myself or like seven years of real solid recovery and there's stuff that I just start learning about myself that I'm coming into and you know and just sharing more and not being afraid of um when I say sharing more I mean of who I am mm -hmm. you know there's some people still in my life that I'd say are friends but I'm still afraid to like like I've talked to you earlier about my sexuality and stuff and that was definitely something that was hidden for a while I don't label myself at all I I've I believe I truly believe and it's not a cop out of anything of that I love who I love you know mm -hmm. and um um I think being queer is just a really, I found it a really difficult thing because I felt like I was disappointing people. Mm, it's horrible. Um, it's all bull. It's all stories and labels yeah. and programs that are so outdated. And so when I felt like I was disappointing people, mm. maybe sometimes I didn't talk openly about my relationships. So then I was disappointing them. So there was that thing in your head that you're going, like even not that long ago, the, I was uh, someone said uh, something so some assumed I had a boyfriend and said something about my boyfriend and I just let it go and I thought oh you've just disrespected yourself yeah because you've just accepted and, and your partner yeah and so I've stopped kind of doing that and I've just gone oh yeah so that's been I wouldn't be able to do that if I was bulimic or in addiction and stuff but that's the stuff that's hard for me today that's real just speaking your 
being honest. Yeah, that, that's probably the hardest part is coming into it. You know, and I, I don't mind speaking about, I'm speaking about it now. Um, and I did my first performance this year, obviously Edinburgh Fringe didn't happen, but they have a queer Edinburgh Fringe and I did my first performance as a queer artist and it was liberating. Yeah. Good for you. So, but so that's the thing, like I think as well, what I'm trying to say is when we use things or whatever it is, we're, we block out more of who we are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and hide. It's a way of hiding, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think people are amazing. I actually do when I get to see them, every individual. We don't want clones. Yeah, you want to be your truest, you know, because yeah. when you're living the life of someone else through what you think their values and belief systems are, and this goes on and on and on through the generations, you know, and mm -hmm. you want to shake someone and say, that's not who you are. <laughs> I know. But, you know, it's, it's something like we all, we're all on this kind of journey of self-discovery, right? And to think, mm -hmm. unpicking, right, where we've picked these ideas up and come into that true place as you are. You know, that's one of my, my lines, as you are, like come as you are. Yeah, I like that. You know, just come like this, this, like, this is another reason I, I did the podcast you know it's been over two years now i've been doing it and it's just for people to come as they are mm -hmm. anyone's welcome here just be yourself take the you know the mask off um you know we're yeah. all made up of masks this year there's definitely a lot oh my of gosh there, I know. But, but you know be yourself and that was probably so hard for you when you you felt like you couldn't really express your desires and who you loved. I mean, can you think of an age where you really felt like, oh, I'm having feelings and I'm, I'm worried that people are gonna, not gonna accept it? When I first had feelings for a woman, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I had a boyfriend who I loved as well, but I think all this stuff I thought, maybe that as well like that was massive because mm -hmm. you automatically and you know I even had someone say oh but it's so accepted and your generation's fine with it and blah 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 and I'm like it's not we've still got countries that do um you know that oh, what's Christ of course I can't remember it sorry for saying Christ <laughs> um oh my god therapy what's the therapy they do to knock it out of you. I can't remember it. Oh, you mean because they think it's demons and stuff? Yeah, there's still that. I mean, and take Dubai, for example. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's, you know, and I, I go, okay. And I, listen, the, the thing for me as well is, it's just, it's like whenever we think things are okay, it's, it's, um, it's all progressing, but it's, it's slowly. There's still people being killed. There's still horrible looks you'll get for holding someone's hand it might even be it's maybe not visible and fine as an ally ally or ally you know but it's, it's still you feel it and I can be hypersensitive because I'm still kind of it wasn't even that long ago that I said to was it my girlfriend I said um does it get easier mm -hmm. that's what I said to her I feel quite emotional saying that because I was holding her hand she said, are you comfortable? I said, I just, I can feel things. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I don't notice them because she's been out for a long, long time, you know, and 
it's just still not feeling but maybe that's my stuff so I don't know you know yeah that could just be so it's an interesting thing that I mean that's a whole other thing sexuality and you know and that kind of feeling um but it just shows actually the fact of what an amazing person you are that I felt comfortable to even talk about it actually Aww. so that's a nice feeling do you know what I mean oh that's amazing yeah so but it is something that's still that's getting stronger but um for me to be able to be like this is who I am because you should be able to walk along the street however you want with right. whoever you want and be happy and feel accepted yeah. and not even not even feel these thoughts but that's the mind right for me it's like try not to judge the thoughts being aware of them right okay I'm noticing that this is how I'm feeling I'm noticing that I am bothered perhaps by that look from that person or perhaps I'm expecting someone to give me a you know and it, it's distancing yourself a little bit from that and just seeing it as the mind you know giving it a name or whatever totally. you know it out like you do with the fridge and you know yeah and you get used to that then you know because we still have feelings of hurt and stuff like it could be simple things I spoke on um the podcast this week it was just a wee motivational thing and i was saying that someone had said um just a dig about oh you get that for free or something and i was like well it's not for free i've been sent something to review on the blog and so my time is precious but you know you can see yourself getting oh they just oh think God. i'm a free all right for you or you get that yeah and like you can feel the the mind and the ego getting really annoyed and then you're like no no just let it go they mm -hmm. and and that's and if anyone does give you a look that's their stuff right it's not, it's not i don't want that person in my life if they don't accept it so why am i letting it affect me so it's these questions again like what you're saying is you know why why, why is that power going out there you know yeah because you give you give your power over like even if I'm hurt, like sometimes I'll just send like a sort of laughy face, you know, yeah. and it's like, ah, funny, you know, <laughs> and I just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you hear lots yeah. of good vibes. I know totally. It's just don't respond, isn't it? It's yeah. the irony is as well. Without anything, not everyone's going to love you or like you. Yeah, yeah, and that's hard. I think that's hard. Yeah. It's um, another good technique, which Elaine Lennon, who I coached last year, and she was on the podcast, um, she said, just ask yourself a simple question. Isn't it interesting? You know, isn't it interesting that that person's being really judgmental or isn't, isn't that interesting? And it's, it's what you said earlier about curiosity, you know, isn't, mm -hmm. isn't that interesting? Because then you, you don't sort of get caught up in that negative spiral you just yeah you're just sort of curious oh isn't that interesting that they said that mm. I'm gonna do that I'm gonna start writing them down <laughs> I'm like I'll send you an A4 piece I was like so this is my interesting things today what about you <laughs> I could reel plenty off from the mania isn't it interesting that that person said they want nothing to do with me even though yeah. I was acutely unwell like isn't that interesting that they would yeah. They, that they would hold on to resentment about that when that's not who I am. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. 
you know, you know, stuff yeah. like that helps when you're feeling hurt and you're feeling like, and they don't know your journey. I think it's very easy for people as well to come into my life and your life and look at you right now and make an assumption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people make assumptions. And it's probably not our job to, to then justify that, you know, but it's, it is hard, isn't it? It's like, it's a lot of self-work again. It's just being, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's that question as you say it's not meant to be easy because when we think it's meant to be easy then think the hard times and the struggles seem even harder you know mm -hmm. and it's like but when you get through and and you know you've shared so openly but when you get through that and you do see a sense of freedom and you know you're saying you you, you get lost in music the piano dancing mm -hmm. like tools that I I've always used myself just mm -hmm. my piano's a bit rusty but it's it, that like, doesn't matter that's the yeah. thing isn't it yeah just getting lost in the keys and stuff yeah play yeah. wrong chords clash them who cares just just let it all out I can play yeah. on melody and I can still play Titanic from when I was a teenager best uh, song to learn it wasn't yeah. it like the best song. <laughs> but you know doing that or going for a run or a walk or a wild swim or you know art or you know things a lot of it is free stuff I do like going for a massage um but you know like doing things where you get out of the racing mind and, and in the mojo <laughs> yeah word but but you know because it's easy to get pulled into it isn't it I yeah. you know you can definitely get pulled into hours even on social media of almost a victim mode and not know you're in it yeah yeah because it's good to acknowledge things absolutely and then go okay what action can i take mm -hmm. what would be good for me to get out of this and help maybe someone else to you know yeah what yeah. would you be what would be your advice then for someone listening who's perhaps stuck with a vice an addiction um a kind of self-destruct mode um what would be your kind of soothing words for them Soothing words. <laughs> um, you're not alone. You're never alone. There's always someone worse and there's always someone better. Um, and your feelings are valid, extremely valid. And connect, find, reach out to me. You could, no problem. Reach out to anyone try and maybe support groups start to hear other stories because for me the more i heard other stories the more i realized it helps like your podcast even just listen there, there'll be golden nuggets and everything you don't need to take everything yeah um don't judge yourself because that will keep you trapped mm -hmm. um i know you can get better there is hope and Always. you deserve to get better, you know. Absolutely. We deserve well-being. We deserve a sense of, of you know, contentment. And we deserve to live, you know. Absolutely. I think we, as a society, are so used to relating. Well, not relating, but um, it's a hard thing. I don't know if it's a Scottish thing, maybe. But just, I definitely do, like, not celebrating the the ups in our life as much as we can dwell on the downs yeah i think that's it isn't it 
Yeah, it's, I always say to people, like, make a note of compliments you've had. Because mm-hmm. the brain and the mind, you know, wants to hold on to the threats and the, the bad stuff. But totally. just, you know, park that. Make a note of the compliments and tell yourself them. That's exactly it, actually. That's good. And I'm going to take note of that as well to keep doing that because there's times I need to revisit different things happen in your life and that's the thing different things happen don't they and different they can trigger different things for you yeah yeah it's it's a daily you know it's like going to the gym if you want to you know or run or training if you want you're training for something you can't just like go once Mm -hmm. right it's like every single day our mind needs training like our body totally so and even like, like exactly what you said like even you know, it is a discipline, but it's not a bad discipline. And then discipline doesn't feel like it's a discipline. I think the word discipline has the thing, like a very military sound to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but even if you turned up and went to the gym, maybe not now, but if you put a mat out and you go to the mat and you just roll around for 10 minutes, just set your, set your time for 20 minutes, maybe put some music on. Mm-hmm. Every day do it and you'll start to progress in some way. Yeah, yeah. It's just when you keep showing up and whatever mm-hmm. area you, show up. you get results i mean i used to have chronic anxiety and i see exactly where it came from and you know i called myself out and said well i can see where it came from so mm. let's do something about this let's challenge these anxious thoughts let's do things that scare you and know that you're actually okay let's mm. stop catastrophizing so really really put a lot of work in and you know, I've not had panic attacks in years and just, you know, That's I'm, amazing. Just, I'm so calm. Like, don't get me wrong, there, there's an odd day where I well, you know, still when the mind's like, oh, your back's sore, right? You're going to die next week. You know what? <laughs> yeah, of course it goes there though, doesn't it? It just is extreme. <laughs> it really does. But, but I can sort of rein it in and just say, right, okay, let's just bash on now and, you know, notice these. But I feel a lot more calm and grounded and less uptight um but yeah it's it's what it takes takes time but but it's worth it it's worth it always 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 worth it always worth it well you've been so amazing so thank you so so much for coming on and um i'll put all your um your links to where people can find you in the show notes but where's the best place would you say instagram or yeah i would say instagram um yeah like gosh they have control of everything don't they (laughs) i want my own i need we need to get our own website maybe have it but i need to just to get control of my control you know but yeah no absolutely it's no do you know what it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning like seriously loved it it's just so nice to connect oh it's been lovely and i loved your talk and i'll share a little bit about I'll, I'll link it in the blog and stuff when this goes live so people can know where to find your your TEDx should be a couple of weeks they're going live oh my god is it I think so oh. <laughs> need to see you are incredible I honestly love that chat you're so real you're so beautiful and your song choice Lady Gaga the edge of glory guys get this on your playlist I've been singing it on stories this week and I'm all over it. I think we need as much mojo as possible right now, guys. So I think let's just blast the tune. Can you sing along with me? Maybe we can twerk a little bit. We can shake our butts. Oh yeah, you know you want to. I need a man that thinks it's right when it's so wrong tonight, yeah, baby. 
tonight, yeah, baby. Right on the limb is where we know we both belong tonight. You belong here right now. It's hard to feel the rush, to brush the danger I'm gonna run to you, to the edge with you, where we can both fall far in love. I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment of truth. I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment with you. I'm on the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge. I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment with you. I'm on the edge with you. Oh yeah, I'm on the edge with you guys, right here, right now. Nothing else matters but the present. Another shot before we kiss the other side tonight, yeah, baby. Mwah. I'm on the edge of something final we call life tonight. All right. Put on your shades, cause I'll be dancing in the flames tonight, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Shades on. If it in hell, if everybody knows my name tonight. What's your name? Say your name. It's hard to feel the rush To brush the danger I'm gonna run to you To the edge with you Where we can both fall for in love I'm on the edge of glory And I'm hanging on a moment of truth I'm on the edge of glory Thank you for being here. Sending you so much love, mojo, good vibes. Have a brilliant week. Looking forward to seeing you back in a week's time for more good vibes. Saving lives with positive vibes. It's the only way, right? We've got to look out for each other. Spread all the love. We need each other. So thank you for coming back, guys. So good to have you here. Oh, I'm on the edge right now. Hope you're shaking your ass wherever you are. If you're driving, tap your little feet. Or big feet. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. All the love to you.